Hey everybody, thank you for choosing the Richlands Tabernacle Podcast. Right here every Thursday you will hear two new sermons from the church that were delivered either by Pastor Horton or one of the other ministers from the church. We hope you enjoy. God bless. And pray for Brother Nick as he comes and deliver us the Word of God here tonight. God, it's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight, isn't it? I tell you, I feel a burden on my heart tonight to preach, so I don't want to take up too much time. I know I have a limited amount of time, so if we're just going to jump right into the Word of God, if that's okay. Matthew chapter number 13, I'm thankful to my pastors for the opportunity to preach tonight, and uh, I, have a, I have a serious preaching to do, but I feel a burden on my heart, and uh, you know, I'm not, not nervous tonight, as in how it normally is. I have a different kind of burden on me, and uh, it's something you can't really describe uh, unless you felt it yourself. Um, I have a burden of a soul, and I feel like God wants to reach for somebody tonight. And, uh, you know, I, the burden the Lord's given me, I, I, I just know that I need to preach this. But, Sister Laura, did I talk to you? About anything tonight? <laughs> so what happens when you sit across a big church like this. Can't really talk to a whole lot of people. But I didn't talk to Sister Laura. I didn't talk to Brother Steve. But I'm thankful for the confirmation that God gives us. Matthew chapter number 13. I got one more place to read in the New Testament uh, here in just a second. Let's read a few verses right here. Verse number 1, it says, The same day went Jesus out in the house and sat by the seaside, and a great multitudes were gathered together unto him, so that he went into a ship and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. And he spake many things unto them in parables, saying, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. And when he sowed, some seeds fell by the wayside, and the fowls came and devoured them up. Some fell... Upon stony places, where they had not much earth, but and forthwith they sprung up, because they had no deepness of earth. And when the sun was up, they were scorched, and because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns, and the thorns sprung up and choked them, but other fell into good ground. That's what I hope I can preach into tonight. God, give us some good ground. And brought forth fruit. Some an hundredfold, some sixtyfold, some thirtyfold. Who hath ears to hear? Let him hear. The sower went forth to sow. Galatians chapter number six. I'm sorry I'm going a little fast. I just I want to use my time wisely. Galatians chapter number six, verse number one. <clears throat> Brethren. He's talking to the brethren tonight in this scripture. He's not talking to the world. Brethren, if a man be overtaken in a fault, in a failure, in a sin, ye which are spiritual, restore such a one in the spirit of meekness, in the spirit of gentleness. Consider in thyself, lest thou also be tempted. Bear ye one another's burdens, and so fulfill the law of Christ. For if a man think of himself to be something when he is nothing, he deceiveth himself. 
But let every man prove his own work, and then shall he have rejoicing in himself alone and not in another. For every man shall bear his own burden. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. And in Matthew we read about the sower coming forth to sow. But I want to talk to you about the one that wasn't mentioned tonight. I want to talk to you about the reaper. Let's raise our hands and ask God to help us tonight. God, I need the anointing. I need the anointing, God. Lord, I don't have words to put into to the prayer that I really need how much the anointing of God right now. Lord, I know the burden of my heart. I know what you've dealt with me on. I know, Lord, how I've been miserable for the last couple of days, struggling for some soul tonight. And, Lord, I don't want to get this burden off me. I want to give it to the people so it will accomplish the purpose that you gave it to me for, Lord. I want the burden to be fulfilled in my heart that you'll get somebody's soul tonight, Lord. Arrest them. Give us good ground to preach to and give us an altar call that's fruitful and upbuilt into the kingdom of God. In the name of the only begotten Son of God, in the name of the one that rose from the dead on the third day, in the name of the one that sits upon the throne, in the name of the one that sits on the right hand of the throne of God, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray. Amen. Hallelujah. I need you to pray and preach with me tonight. You going to help me? Life is a field, and your choices are what you sow. Your choices are free. Your decisions are free. Your will is free, but you pay in your consequences. <laughs> God gave us a free will to choose. He paved the way for us to be saved. But it comes down to that simple verse in Joshua 24. And if it seem evil unto you to serve the Lord, choose you. And what did they sing just a minute ago? You decide for you, and I'll decide for me. Choose you this day whom ye will serve, whether the gods of your fathers that were on the other side of the flood, or the gods of the Amorites in whose land ye dwell. But as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Ezekiel let us know, the soul that sinneth, it shall die. But on the other side of that, it says in Psalm 126, they that sow in tears shall reap in joy. Ecclesiastes let us know to everything there is a season and a time to every purpose under the sun. A time to be born and a time to die. A time to plant and a time to pluck up that which is planted. The seasons have a way of reminding us that there is an appointed time for each of us. Because how many times you go through the, I'm a summer man. I like it getting dark at about 930 at night. I like getting off work about 6 o'clock and having about three hours of daylight to do whatever I want to do or not do, whatever I want to do, you know, in the day and then go to bed. But there's coming a time after that summer is passed and the season is ended, are you going to be saved? 
the fall comes and things begin to die. Things begin to go away. The seasons have a way of reminding us that each of us have an appointed time to stand before God and give an account of himself of what he's done in this life right here. The devil shows us fields of plenty but provides fields of poverty. He promises the world and provides only wounds. He promises success and provides only sorrow. Then he begins to mock. He mocks the decisions he's tricked you into making with your life. He begins to bring up the past. Bring up the things that you're doing now or doing that you have done before. And you know what the devil's doing when he throws out those seeds of temptation? The sins of the, the pleasures of this life, the pride of life, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eye. He's throwing out those seeds. And if we'll let them be planted in our life, he, the crops, you know what the crops are that he produces are sinners. But there's going to come a day that there's going to be a reaper come by to cut down the crops. God is not mocked. That which a man sows, he will reap. This is how the devil builds his kingdom. We sow a thought and we reap an act. We sow an act and we reap a habit. We sow a habit and reap a character. And we sow a character and we reap a destiny. Hallelujah. Oh, God. Even as I have seen, is what Job said, they that, plow, those, they that plow iniquity and sow wickedness reap the same. Oh, God. I know this is a young people's service, and I know that we just got out of Easter. But if you felt the burden that I have right now. <laughs> Children, if you can listen to anything I'm saying, don't sow wild oats when you're young. I know Brother Steve preached this about a week or two ago, but if there's anything you'll ever do in your life, don't go out and try to live as wild as you can because I'm young and i got to live it while I can. Well, you might be young, but you may not live as long as you think you will. And if you do live as long as you think you will, you'll have to reap the oats that you sown in that wild state of mind that you lived in. Oh, the devil wants you to plant seeds of sin, but you'll reap seeds of sorrow. He wants you to drink and, uh, and, 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 and live it up with alcohol, but you'll reap the addiction and have to die of liver disease or something like that. Oh, what are you going to do when you, when you sow seeds of drugs? You're gonna, I know what you're going to do. You're going to reap addiction. And when you get caught in addiction, friend, it's not something you walk out of. You got a claw, you got a fight. I know I'm thankful God can deliver instantaneously, but let me tell you, there it's called the word addiction for a reason. And when you're caught in the clutches of addiction, there's something that's going to be growing and, and squeezing the very life out of you every time you try to get loose, every time you try to make a, a, a step toward God, every time you try to take a step in the right direction, there's there's going to be some claws inside of you pulling you back to the thing that has you bound. Pulling you back down to the place that you want to leave. There's going to be some things you're going to have to reap if you keep sowing the things you're sowing. A man asked his servant to sow barley. The so servant went out and sowed oats. 
The master asked why he sowed oats. The servant replied, I hope to grow barley. The master said, what a foolish idea. Whoever heard, uh, heard, that, heard that like that. The servant replied, you yourself constantly sow seeds of evil and yet accept to reap the fruits of virtue. To get his point across, he said, I'll plant the wrong thing and tell him I'm expecting something else. And you can't plant seeds of sin and expect to reap the benefits of salvation. God help me tonight. As the captain goes down with his ship, so does the sinner go down with his sin. Oh God. You reap what you sow is a proverb that says future consequences are inevitably shaped by present actions. Proverbs said, He that soweth iniquity shall reap vanity, and the rod of his anger shall fall. Seeds sown in iniquity are regretted in eternity. I need to say that one more time. Seeds sown in iniquity are regretted in eternity. Because we live for the here and now, and not for what's about to come. And we're thinking we're going to live it up here. I'm going to get by here. You may not have that attitude, but you might be thinking, I'm just trying to live life and just be happy. I'm not trying to go deep in sin, but there's something about sin that it's like quicksand. And it'll just keep pulling and pulling and pulling until there's no air left in your life. And there's going to be a time that the reaper comes. We like talking about the sower. He's the one that throws the gospel. He's the one that throws the seed. We like talking about the preacher. We like talking about Jesus. We like talking about the Son of God and what He can do for us and how He can deliver us. But when it comes time to that appointed time and the clock strikes 12 and your time comes up and it's no longer the sower that comes to talk to you but it becomes the reaper. What are you going to do? Oh, God. You know what Jeremiah said? I, the Lord, search the heart. I try the reins, even to give every man according to his ways and according to the fruit of his doings. It's not karma, friend. It's justice. God is a just God. And he's not going to bless people that live wicked. And he's not going to curse people that live blessed and live according to his word. He's a God of justice and he's a God of mercy and grace and I'm here to talk to you in just a little bit about that but I need to talk to you a little bit about that reaper because there's going to come a time you don't want to look him in the eye let me grab something this is called a scythe and this is what the reaper uses to cut down the grain Friend, you may think you're living high, but when the reaper comes, he'll cut you down. <laughs> when the reaper shows up, there's no more seeds to be sown. There's no more decisions to be made. It's time for the cutting.
Oh, it's just a little bit of pornography. But when the reaper comes, there's not time to pray. It's just a little bit of alcohol. But when the reaper comes, there's not time to get out of the bar. Oh, it's just a little bit of sin. I'm just going to chase a little bit of money. But when the reaper comes, there's no time to clock out and go to church. When the reaper comes, he comes with a scythe in his hand. And he's coming to cut down the crop that he's planted. And the sinner is the crop in the devil's field. And he's come to claim that which he planted. Let me read something. Just stay with me just a second. (laughs) The image of the Christian angel of death was widely established throughout Europe by the Middle Ages. You know that? If you look into the death angel up until about the 1700s or so, death was represented by an angel. Did you know that? Represented by Michael the archangel, if I've studied it correctly. This is what it said. But then came the black death. This was one of the deadliest pandemics in human history. And a mood of morbidity hung over the whole of society. It's not surprising that artists, they changed. They conjured a physical image to represent the predominant emotion. Death now began to appear as a hideous skeleton rather than an angel. And is now shown holding a dart, a crossbow, crossbow or some other weapon which he used to strike down his victims. Over time, these implements of death were replaced with a scythe, and painting showed the figure of death mowing down souls as if they were grain. It was even thought that death could tempt people to the grave. Pictures of uh, this one, I'm not going to try to pronounce, the allegorical concept of the uh, uh, all-conquering and equalizing power of death showed skeletons dancing and converting with living people. It wasn't too long after this that the Grim Reaper took on the final appearance we usually associate him with today. The black cloak had long been part of the mourning dress at funerals. The scythe was common as an Agarian society where harvesting represented the death of another year and the Grim Reaper was also clutched at an hourglass symbolizing the fleeting passage of time letting us know that our days are numbered. There's a reason they call him the Grim Reaper. You know what Grim means? The forbidding and uninviting. That's what Grim means. He's the uninvited one. No one invites death to the party. Nobody brings on the Reaper. Nobody says, oh yeah, I'm ready to meet the Reaper. Let me just tell him what I think. No, because when the Reaper comes, he's got your number. He's got the scythe in his hand. And the hourglass is empty. There's a reaper to run from tonight. Are you in his way? Are you in the reaper's way tonight? Are you in that field that the devil's been throwing seeds into? And you may say, why am I in the middle of all this mess? I don't want to be here. I don't want to be where I am in life. I don't want to live here. Let me tell you, I've got good news for you tonight. There's a reaper to run from, but there's a redeemer to run to. His name is Jesus Christ, and he has power over the reaper to save your soul. 
Oh, the reaper comes to kill, but the redeemer comes to give life and to give it more abundantly. The reaper has a scythe in his hand, but the redeemer has hope in his. I tell you tonight, why don't you get your eyes off the reaper and look a little higher to the redeemer of your soul. Help me, Lord. Oh, friend, if you could see in the spiritual world, the reaper's got the scythe. He's got your number. He's right on your heels. But there's Jesus. I need to pray in church with me right now. Will you help me? Oh, God. Oh, God. Oh, we need power right now, Lord. And we need great conviction to fall. Oh, Lord. Oh, Lord. There's a reaper tonight. Let's go, Brother Steve. Hallelujah. And he's walking down the aisles. And he's looking for the harvest of the souls that he's been throwing seeds into. And he's got his scythe in his hand. And he's looking for souls. And he's going up and down. Oh, I'm just a little kid. I'm just such and such years old. My mommy and daddy go to church. That don't matter to the reaper. No, he'll go up and down. He'll go by. It, death comes to all nations, kindreds and peoples, to all ages and all kinds of men and women and boys and girls. And the reaper comes to get the grain that he's planted in your life. I'm here to get somebody out of the devil's field tonight. By the power of the Holy Ghost. By the power. Oh, let me tell you something, church. When you preach like this, you push against everything the devil's got. And I'm not here to give up. And I'm not here to quit. But I'm coming by the power of God to push against everything that hell's trying to hold on to on our young people and on the souls that are listening and the souls that are here tonight. There's a reaper walking. There's a reaper coming. Are you ready? Are you ready? Are you ready to meet your God? Are you ready to see God tonight? If the reaper comes your house, if the reaper comes your way, are you ready to meet God? Oh, friend, there's a reaper walking by you. But let me tell you about the Redeemer. His name is Christ Jesus, and He's stronger than the reaper is. There's a stronger man than the strong man. Hallelujah. Well, glory. I'm here to lift Him up so the devil gets nervous. I said He's the King of kings and the Lord of lords. His blood is perfect and it it, 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 it filled the sacrifice on Calvary so you can be saved. Friend, don't get your eyes on the reaper. You need to run from him and run to the Redeemer. Oh. Oh God. I'm trying to be wise with my time, Pastor. I'm trying. Oh, God. Oh, God. You know what? Jesus let us know in His Word. 
in Joel chapter number 2 in verse number 25. And I will restore to you the years that the locusts have eaten the canker worm and the caterpillar and the palmer worm, my great army which I sent unto you, God said, I'll restore the years that you lost in the famine. <sighs> Hallelujah. There's some of you feeling, oh, I don't, I'm not preaching to just young people. But there's some of you listening, and you say, I've wasted my life. I've wasted my life, my youngness, my years. It's gone. No, it's not, friend. You can't go back and change the past. But let me tell you about the awesome power of my God. He can restore the years. Hallelujah. You know what Brother Enoch Snow said at the fire conference when he said he could restore the years? He said, it's not a regurgitating of what has been eaten because you cannot go back and retrieve what has already been lost but he said in the coming harvest God can bless you double or triple to make up for what was lost in the past oh hallelujah Oh, hallelujah. Oh, you say, oh, I'm too old. I'm gone. No, you're not. God's saying, I can save you right now. And I can bring you to the place like you never was lost for all those years. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah. Oh, glory. Who gave himself for us that he might redeem us from all iniquity and purify himself a peculiar people. Zealous of good works. You know what the word redeem means? To ransom, to liberate, or rescue from captivity or bondage. To rescue, to recover, to deliver from. By paying an equivalent. Hallelujah. To redeem prisoners or captured goods. And this is the one I really like. Because i got to be real vague here. But I had a burden for somebody that I felt like this message was for specifically. And I called them up and tried to talk to them. And I said, I feel like I've got a a message that will help you in your life. And I hope that they hear the word of God somehow, some way. But you know what that one person said to me? They said, I sold my soul for what I got. <laughs> I'm talking about somebody that I know. Somebody that I love. Somebody that's close to me. And I said, you can come back. Yes, sir. And he said, I sold my soul for what I got. But there's one more definition that I left out of what redeem means. And you know what that definition of redeem is? To purchase back. You may have sold your soul for all this worldly pleasure. But my God can buy it back. 
Hallelujah. I said he can redeem to the uttermost and to the guttermost. You say, ah, I'm too far gone. I sold it for 30 pieces of silver. I'm sold out. But let me tell you about how God my rich my God is. He's so wealthy, he'll buy you back. Let me tell you, my God's loaded. I said he's so loaded in his house, there's many mansions. And if it were not so, I wouldn't have told you. My God's so rich, the streets are paved with gold. His blood is so precious, it can redeem the vilest of sinners. His God, my God is so rich, he's always in the market for a soul. He's always in the market for a soul. Brother Dave Ramsey, be proud. He don't have no debt, Brother Seth. He don't have bills that takes his money elsewhere where he can't redeem you. Oh, hallelujah. I feel real good now. Hallelujah. Oh, friend, I preach to you the truth tonight. Why don't y'all stand with me, please? You give us a song, please, as you will. I preach to you the gospel tonight. There is a reaper, and you better watch out for him. But I want you to know, as real as the reaper is, is as real as the redeemer is, and he'll buy you back. He wants to buy the field that the devil's been planting in and plant his seeds of salvation, his seeds of blessing, his seeds of peace, his seeds of blessing. He's ready to buy you back. And let me tell you, you're always for sale. You ever tried to buy something out of order? It's on back order. We're sold out. But let me tell you something, friend. The devil wants to lie to people so much and have them believing, I can't come back. I'm sold. I'm owned. I'm somebody else's. I'm a slave to the enemy of my soul. And there is no freedom. I'm here to rebuke that in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. I need to pray in church with me right now. I said we're coming against that in the name of Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. Young people, there's a reaper, but there's a redeemer. Hallelujah. Saints, there's a reaper after your soul. Don't get so caught up in your life and think yourself too high. You're the reaper. No, you better stay close to the Redeemer. You better stay close to Him. Oh. The Lord is merciful and gracious, slow to wrath or slow to anger, and plenteous in mercy. I said, He's plenteous in mercy. He's plenteous in mercy. He's plenteous in mercy. You say, Oh, I've gone to, He's plenteous in mercy. I've gone to, He's plenteous in mercy. I'm going to declare it until somebody believes it. He's plenteous in mercy. He's wrong. He's plenteous in mercy. He's full of grace and full of power.
Hallelujah. Help me, Holy Ghost. It's time to come to the Redeemer tonight. And let me tell you something, friend. Brother Steve, you raise that up for me. You might be at 11.59, but it's not the hour yet. And there comes the Redeemer to knock it out of his hand. Hallelujah. 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 Oh, hallelujah. There comes a redeemer to get it out of the devil's hand. It's not your time to die. It's not your time to be lost. It's not your time to go to hell. There's a redeemer that's stronger than the reaper is. Why don't you seek God tonight? Come on, let's get in this altar and pray through. Oh, no.